So, good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Common Sea Inspirations production, being produced here in our Common Sea studio here in Ada. And this is 2nd of August, it's the 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time. My name is John Keeley again, and help me to present the programme again today, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we doing? Good. Uh, considering now I just had to pinch myself there, the 2nd of August, whoa, the year is flying. We also want to especially welcome those people, as usual, those listeners of ours who listen to us morning and evening and at night, who may be on their own at home and may be struggling in some way with this pandemic and all that brings these days and maybe not being able to get to Mass. And We thank you indeed for staying with us and thank you for the support you give us because it's mentioned to me as I, as I go around my business in Newcastle West area, you know, people appreciate uh, the programme that, that we bring. And very interested, Shane, in your saints. Where where you get all that information from? Well, I said, lads, I don't know, but, you know, he's good, and I'm, I'm not going to say much more about him, but he's good. In the meantime, just to remind listeners again, our programme is broadcast on West Limit 102, local radio, 102 FM at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. And the podcast of this programme are just some of the Come and See Inspiration podcasts available for playback and download on our podcast page, Come and see inspirations. As I said before, just Google Come and see inspirations and you'll find us there. Just to remind people again, the 10 a.m. slot, uh, 10 a.m. Sunday morning, um, includes a broadcasting mass from Abbeyfield Parish, and we thank Father Tony Mullins and the parishioners there for welcoming us to, to join each Sunday morning. And Shane, I was speaking with, the, with, uh, with our production director, for want of a better word, here in West Limit 102, who helps us every week. Jason Smith for really helping us out. And Jason just reminded me there during the week, we've been doing this now for 20 weeks. I didn't realise that. 20 weeks oh, we've been wow. broadcasting mass. Thanks to Jason and thanks to to uh, Father Tony Mullins and the parishioners in Abbeyfield Parish. But that's, that's a long time to do it. So we'll continue doing that for, to, for the rest of August and we'll see what happens after that. But in the meantime, uh, a programme which we're recording at the moment will be broadcast as usual at 11pm on each Sunday night. As well as that, of course, we do have our Saints for the Week, and Shane's going to share those with us in a few seconds. And, of course, we do read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel. There, John, is just the sad news during the week about the postponement of the National Novena at Knock. So it was announced uh, during the week by the Rector, Father Richard Gibbons, that this year's National Novena has been postponed because of the COVID-19 crisis, and it's the first time in 43 years um, that the novena won't be held. So normally the novena is from the 14th to the 22nd of August and can have anything up to 150,000 pilgrims attending. And this year's theme was due to be faith in changing times. However, uh, Father Gibbons had announced that because of all the restrictions and everything else that's going on, that they they were going to postpone um the the, 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 the the novena for this year so it's not over it's just it's, it'll be happening probably later in the year and I suppose the key thing to say to people is the shrine is actually open at knock um, there is mass in the basilica every day at 12 3 p.m and half past seven uh, it's uh, obviously with restricted capacity and it's on a first come first serve basis and of course it is also available online there are hearing confessions in the Chapel of Reconciliation and the parish chapel, the parish church is available for private prayers and for lighting candles. But the apparition chapel is still closed, although you can sit down outside it if you visit the 
um, if you visit the shrine. So that's just in relation to Nakjam. Just one more, just one more little notice I just want to include there. As you mentioned about confessions, and it just reminded me, um, confessions are available in Newcastle West Church between 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. Saturday afternoon by the west side of the church in the, in the side the side porch there. That's the Abbeyfield side of Newcastle West. So between 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. Um, each Saturday. It's probably something that an awful lot of people, again, might have missed because they probably wouldn't have been able to get to confession as usual, maybe on a monthly basis or even at Easter. So again, Shane just reminded me again. So anyway, Saints for the week, Shane, you got a few more to share with us. Yeah, so um, this week is actually, it's a particular week for Sacred Space uh, because we have a particular grow for one of the Saints that's in this week, but we'll get to that in a moment. So as as John said at the top of the program, today is, of course, the 2nd of June. The, sorry, the 2nd of August, I beg your pardon. And um, although it does feel like Groundhog Day from time to time, and it is the 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Just to go on a slight diversion for a second, John, um, I suppose it's just to uh, wish those of our neighbours who are members of the Muslim community a happy Eid because they're celebrating a big festival this weekend. Yeah. So if you have any of your neighbours that are that are that are Muslim, don't forget to wish them Eid Mubarak is what you say. It's a it's a particular it's a particular festival these that the Muslim community celebrates after the um, a number of weeks after the end of Ramadan. But back to ourselves this week we have 18th Sunday in ordinary time so we're celebrating the 18th week in ordinary time. For those of us that are praying the Psalter we're on week two. So Monday is the 3rd of August, and it is the feast day of St. Treya of Ard Tree, as the name I came across and dug out of the lists of the saints for this week. An adult convert brought to the faith by St. Patrick, an anchoress at Ard Tree, which is in Derry, in, in Derry, and she died sometime in the 5th century. Now, an anchoress, for those that are interested, was a person, generally a woman, but generally... Um, a, per, a, a person who, who renounced the world in order to spend their lives alone in penance and prayer. And they were generally walled into their cells. And they might have had two windows, one out to the public, one into the local church. Uh, so out to the public, because people would come to them for um, advice and prayers and generally to bring them supplies. And then one into the church so that they could see the mass. So that's what we have. That's St. That's Treya of Ard Tree. Then on Tuesday, the 4th of August, we have the feast day of St. John Vianney. John Vianney, of course, very famous saint, patron saint of parish priests, a man who um, had to contend with poverty and his own intellectual shortcomings before he was ordained, uh, sent to the parish of Ayres, Ars, Ayres, I think is how you pronounce it, a small, obscure French village, and he had a great gift for reading souls, and he averaged... 12 to 16 hours a day in the confessional. So that's the feast day we celebrate on the 4th of August. On Wednesday, the 5th, we celebrate one of these unusual feasts. We're going to have these over the next couple of weeks. It is it is in Rome. It is the, late, is the feast of Our Lady of the Snows. Uh, but on the international, on the general Roman, on the general calendar, it is the feast day of the dedication of the Basilica of St. Mary Major. Now, you'll say, what's so special about it? Mary Major is a big basilica in Rome. For any of you that have been there, it's near, it's not too far from Termini train station. And it is just literally up the Via Marilana from St. John Lateran, which is near to the Irish College. The Mary Major is a famous church. It was the first basilica erected in the in the West dedicated to Mary after the Council of Nicaea and the declaration of her motherhood 
of God, which, you know, uh, oh, sorry, the Council of Ephesus, I beg your pardon, in 431. And it is the first church in the West named to honor Mary, the mother of God. There's a number of famous things about Mary Major. I suppose two things just for people. One is the shrine of to um, Salus. Uh, there's a famous icon in the in the Basilica, which Pope Francis visits every time he travels. And it's uh, 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 it's an icon of Our Lady, uh, which is he he venerates before and after each of his international trips, and also it was uh, it was the icon which was if you remember that ceremony, John, back in March, where Pope Francis gave the you know he was on his own in the square in St Peter's, and. Yes, that's that ceremony. So there was two things there. You had that famous 16th century cross, but you also had the famous icon of the Salus Populi Romani, uh, which is a Roman, it's a title associated with, with that particular icon. Uh, the other thing that's associated with the Basilica of St. Mary Major is if you are standing in front of the altar and you look to your right, so you look at the altar and you look to the right, um, there is a side chapel where there is supposed to be the relics of the nativity in a particular part of the crib. So that's associated with Mary Major in Rome. Then Thursday is the feast day of the transfiguration of the Lord. Um, and it's very much, of course, focused on Jesus's transfiguration on Mount Tabor. Um, uh, then on Friday, the 7th of August, we have the feast day of St. Sixtus. Um, so Pope Sixtus II, he was um, a pope, he was a deacon in Rome, and then he was pope for less than a year, famous for dealing with the heresy around whether or not heretics could baptize people and whether baptisms were valid. And while celebrating Mass at the tomb of St. Callistus, which is one of the famous catacombs in outside the city of Rome, he was arrested as part of the persecutions of Valerian and was beheaded with six deacons and buried in the same catacomb where he'd been celebrating the Mass. And you'll know his name because he's one, of the, he's one of the early saints listed in the canon of the Mass. So that's Pope Sixtus II, himself and his four deacon companions, and they were killed around 258 AD. Then finally, John, Saturday the 8th, oh sorry, before I go any further, just to remind people, Friday is First Friday for those of us that have to restart our devotions for the First Friday, because obviously um, people wouldn't have been able to maintain their First Fridays because of COVID. So then on Saturday... Uh, we have the feast day. There's two feast days. The first one, of course, is St. Dominic, uh, a founder of the Order of Preachers, which now bear his name, the Order of the Dominicans, a Spaniard. He died in 1221. And the Dominicans were originally founded to counteract the Albigensian heresy and obviously have gone on. Their motto, of course, is truth, very much involved with preaching. But from a sacred space, 102 FM point of view, we also celebrate, of course, one of our unofficial patrons on the 8th of August. And that, of course, is the feast day of St. Mary MacKillop. Uh, we have a particular grow for Mary because um, it was one of the first programs, I think, John, that we put up on the blog. And, it has been, and over the years, it was the most popular po uh, blog post thing that we ever That's had, right. mm -hmm. uh, bar one. And uh, it was about St. Mary MacKillop, of course. And she was canonized in 2010 by Pope Benedict XVI. Um, she's the first native-born Australian saint, of course, founder of the orders, the Sister of St. Joseph of the Sacred Heart, known as the Brown Joeys. Um, very much involved with the education of the poor. Suffered uh, for the foundation of her order due to um, bad information being given to a local bishop who didn't excommunicate her. Uh, but she was of Scottish uh, ancestry, but of course there's a great association with the Brown Joeys in Limerick because, because a lot of sisters 
uh, were members of that congregation mm. who have actually come back to Australia. So all of those sisters who are, we wish them a happy feast day for their for their patroness, um, uh, Mother Mary McKillop. Um, so that's what we have, John, in terms of this week's liturgical odds and ends. Shane, thank you very much, Nick, for that. Now, I just want to bring people's attention to just one more uh, notice it's in regard to the Medjugorje Youth Festival. It does take place uh, in a shortened form. It, it, it's actually started at the moment, but it continues on until the 6th of August. Um, it, it's, a, it, it's on actually each evening between 5 o'clock and 8 o'clock. Um, you can watch it live through Mary's TV and also Mlad Fest, M-L-A-D-I-F-E-S-T, mladifest.com or Mir, 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 Mir.com, which is the Medjugorje main um, uh, media outlet. So the Medjugorje uh, Youth Festival, as it continues on to the 6th, people might be interested in that in the evening times. Okay, now we'll go for our spiritual communion prayer, which we always pray each each Sunday here. And this is for those of us, of course, who can't get to receive Jesus in at Mass in Holy Communion. My, de- my Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I cannot now receive you sacramentally come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Now it's time to go for our first bit of music this morning. This one, I haven't played it for some time, actually. This one is entitled, Come to the Water. So join us again in part two, where we will be speaking with Rob Clark of Spirit Radio.
So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. As I mentioned recently in the programme, I've come across a resource that I find encouraged me a lot in my faith, especially in the last few weeks. So to tell us more uh, about this resource, I'm delighted to welcome to Come and See Inspirations, Rob Clark, Chief Executive of Spirit Radio, who's joining us today. Um, Rob, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, thanks, John, and thanks for the invitation. What a, what a joy to, to, to connect with you. You're welcome. So maybe, Rob, maybe to start off with, Spirit Radio, people might have all sorts of ideas in the mind. Can you tell us a little bit about Spirit Radio in terms of when it was started and all the rest of it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there was a point where, you know, Ireland was the only uh, country in Europe that didn't have a Christian radio station. And uh, and, and many people uh, prayed and they um, they campaigned and they, uh, you know, they wrote to the government and said there really ought to be a Christian radio license issued. And um, uh, and eventually the government uh, made a, a license available uh, and um a number of parties put forward applications, and Spirit Radio was the one that was uh, selected to be able to, um, to to go forth and and uh, get the whole thing up and running, get it launched. So uh, we launched in 2011. Okay. Uh, on air 10 years, and we're come, we just now applied for our second 10-year license. So uh, yeah, so, so we're broadcasting in all the main cities across Ireland. Uh, we're also the only station in Ireland still broadcasting on medium wave. You can get us on 549 medium wave. So we're also broadcasting right across Northern Ireland on 549 medium wave, um, as well as on FM in all the main cities and 14 of the major towns. So, uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we're well established at this point. As, uh, as I was saying earlier, we're a little bit like Shaw's menswear. menswear. We're almost nationwide. <laughs> Very good. I like that analogy. Very good. Well, actually, just a, just a bit of interest for my listeners. I know we'll be mentioned again later on. I actually got you on 89.8 here locally in West Limerick. But, Rob, when I looked at your website and I found out what was... Uh, I really wanted to find out what, the, what was the purpose and the aim of Spirit Radio. And I found a section there entitled Our Vision. And to me, that, that spoke a lot about maybe what you'd be into. Can you just go through that little vi- Our yeah, Vision bit yeah. there? Yeah? Well, um, I mean... Uh... I suppose if it, to sort of to start by breaking it down, you know, one of the things we want to do is we want to provide life-giving entertainment. Radio is actually about entertainment in okay. some sense. You know, if, if hmm. you don't first entertain people, they're not going to be listening. <laughs> good. Um, yeah. We believe that entertainment should be life-giving, so that's our first thing. Hmm. Secondly, we want to we want to conduct uh, we want to host. Uh, news and current affairs in a way that we bring voices to the airwaves that might not get much of a hearing on mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Particularly, we want to be cognizant of the Christian heritage that Ireland has. and We want to bring voices that can speak with an understanding of the contribution that Christian churches have made to the formation and history of Ireland. And uh, it's a very deep and rich history and heritage. And so we want to be able to um, bring that to the airwaves. Um, thirdly, we, we want to um, we, we want to provide a platform for contemporary Christian music. Uh, contemporary Christian music is a huge genre of music, but up until we launched, it was pretty much unheard of. Mm. In our, mm. uh, and, and so, um, you know, at a first listen, it sounds like regular pop music, but yep. mm. you listen a little little more closely, you discover that the lyrics really are life giving, and um, and uh, they they. 
they point us uh, in the right direction. So, um, uh, so that's one of the, that's not something else we wanted to do. We wanted to provide a first-class news service. We we feel that um, you know one of the things that's happening right now is that with the commercial pressures that um, commercial radio stations are under, there's more and more. Uh, uh, of a sort of a doubling down and um, uh, you know there's less and less uh, sort of if you like sources creating the news um, and, 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 and newsrooms are under more and more pressure mm. so we felt it was really important to provide a, a news service that was just looking at things with fresh eyes and so that's one of the things we've tried to do is um, look at news with fresh eyes and provide people with a, an independent and uh, alternative kind of commentary if you like and would it be fair to say um, Spirit Radio is also sort of interdenominational, i.e. it's not allowed just to one particular church, and, and as well as that, maybe it's also open to all age groups? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, we, uh, we have people from all of the main Christian churches and also uh, many of the, you know, smaller independent churches, mm-hmm. you know, Catholic Church of Ireland, Presbyterian, um, Pentecostal, Evangelical, uh, Presbyterian, you know, we have people right across the board. And, um, and we, we find that the central message of the gospel is something that we can all, you know, uh, you know, all uh, find a you know a common place together on. So, um, uh, uh, and we, you know, we we we're essentially not. We, we don't get into a lot of deep theology. We think that's the realm for the church mm-hmm. to uh, mm. you know to be to be taking up the thing there. But what we like to do is provide you know a platform for people to tell their story of how. God has come to be important in their lives, how he's come to be uh, a guiding source, how he's come to be a sustenance, how he's come to be a living person in their lives. So we just like to let people tell their stories. And we we get people from a huge range of church backgrounds on the air telling their stories. And it's not a wonderful way to evangelize and inspire people when they hear somebody else telling their real life story, ordinary lives being touched. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, look, we love stories. Uh, Irish people are natural storytellers, yeah, yeah. and mm. I think that that is just the way that um, you know that we that, that we uh, uh, you know are most likely to sort of stop and reflect as if we hear a personal story of that someone that something that someone's really gone through. You know, this is the kind of thing we love to hear. So, uh, so that's what we try to do. Lovely. So, listen, maybe at this stage you might give me some idea of. A flavour for the programming that's in, that you do there. I mean, first of all, it is twenty four seven. Is that right? It is twenty four seven. Yeah, right through the night. Um, yeah. Well, we begin with a breakfast show seven to ten, which is pretty upbeat. There's a bit of chat. The music's pretty fast moving. I like it. Uh, it's all fun. A lot of fun on the radio and little snippets. You know, there, there's no uh, there's no um, big uh, teaching sessions, but but it's um it's a fast moving show with you know the occasional little reflection. Then from ten o'clock through to twelve, we have the morning chat show, and that's where we review what it says in the papers and we bring interviews from people from a whole range of different uh, situations and backgrounds. Um, uh, you know, they might be commenting on, uh, you know, questions of faith, um, might be, a, you know, a pastor or a priest sharing something, uh, you know, of a spiritual nature, but it could equally be somebody from a gym speaking about keeping fit or someone from a garden center 
or, or someone from uh, you know a cooking class or um, or fashion or or relationships you know uh, family life uh, it's a very uh, full wide comprehensive kind of program listen to if you've got jobs to do around the house I'd suggest as well intermingle with some some of that beautiful music that you just spoke about yeah yeah well I mean I think that's the way we do listen to radio isn't it it you is know, of course there's occasionally times where we sit down and really focus on what's being said, but a lot mm. of the time it's gone in the background and we, you know, we give it a few minutes with a bit more intense listening every now and then. And, and then we're, you know, we're back to the tasks that need to be done. So uh, it's on there. It's in the background. Yeah. And then it's, you have, a, we like to see, to see ourselves as kind of a companion to, to our listeners. And then continuing on then, I know there's a lunchtime program there, also music. And then maybe later on going into the evening then, would, would there be more music available? Then, maybe yeah, for the younger yeah. later on, later on in the evening, it's a little more teen focused, so mm -hmm. it's, it's, the music goes more upbeat in the evening, and there's a bit more chat around issues that are a bit more, uh, you know, interest and relevance to to younger people who are, you know, sorting through their careers, thinking about study, thinking about relationships. So there's, you know, we we, we deal with some of the issues that uh, younger people are kind of facing. So uh, yeah. Um, then on the weekends, we have a few specialist programs. On Saturday night, we have a gospel show, which runs from 7 on Saturday evening through to 10, which is uh, gospel music. Um, on Sunday night, 8 to 10, we have more of an acoustic kind of a program uh, with more acoustic-based music. Mm -hmm. Sunday morning, 10 to 12, we have more worshipful music, and we also have some reflections on the, uh, the gospel passage of the day. Uh, because, of course, the uh, the lectionary in Ireland is shared by the uh, Church of Ireland, the Catholic Church and the Presbyterian Church and sometimes the Methodist Church. So, uh, so we, you know, we often are reading the same gospel. Uh, so uh, it's a great opportunity for us to speak about something that we we hold in common. And just speaking about the gospel there, um, don't you also have a quote for the day? Uh, is it a Bible passage for the day? We do, yeah. Every, every hour after the news, we have what we call the word of the day. And uh, it's just a little passage of scripture, which uh, is just there. And it's that we, we stick with that verse throughout the day. And uh, people will often say they'll just listen after the news for that, uh, for that gospel piece. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. Now, okay, so how can people get to listen to you? Now, I, know, I just let people know here in West Limerick, I know, and I picked it up myself, it's 89.8 FM. You've also said the medium wave 545, but it's also available online, of course. Yeah, absolutely. It's online. If you're in Ennis, we're on 90.3. If you're heading down to Kerry, we're in Tralee on 88.0. Um, if you're heading... Uh, towards the Midlands, uh, we're in Carlow on 90.5, in Kilkenny on 93.1. Um, uh, if you're coming up the N7 towards Dublin, you can pick us up uh, from about Port Leash on 92.2. So we, we really are, um, you know, you can just about listen continuously if you're driving around the country. Yeah. And, We've got a lot of masts up around the country, so yeah. And of course, available online too. I think one of the other things that I found out for myself there, just uh, before we finish up, is um, online there, I can listen back to some programs if I wish. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we podcast a lot of our talk shows, a lot of our important interviews, we podcast them so people will go back and say, listen, I missed that, what was on the show this morning, and they'll listen back that way. So uh, there's lots of that going on. And, and, of course, we have an app, so you can listen on your phone, you can listen on your computer. 
um, you know, Android apps, Apple apps, we, we have them all. So uh, they're all available. We're also on the Irish radio player. So uh, if you've got the Irish radio player uh-huh. app on your phone, uh, you can listen to us there. I tell you, you're everywhere, as the man said. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere. And, and so maybe, maybe just to finish off, Again, if people want to listen in online, it's just spiritradio.ie, is it? Or... Yes, yeah, spiritradio.ie. Just uh, look us up there on the internet, spiritradio.ie. Rob, thanks a lot for, for joining us today. Uh, hopefully you'll get a lot more people maybe contacting you um, through listening. I, I myself have found it very interesting to listen to Wendy. And I'm beginning to appreciate some of that music that you spoke about early on. I might never appreciate that music early on. I'm beginning yeah. to appreciate it now, so... You never know. Um, there might be a few more of my age group uh, yeah. joining me these days, bopping around, singing to some of those contemporary music. Fantastic. John, thank you very much for the opportunity to share on your on, on uh, um, uh, Come and See Inspirations uh, on Sacred Space 102. That's fantastic. And listen, best of luck for the future. God bless. And we'll keep each other in prayer. Yeah. God bless you now. Thanks now. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Now, recently on Spirit Radio and the Wendy Grace Morning Show, I heard an interview conducted by Wendy Grace with Father Michael Hurley. Father Michael was speaking about returning to Mass and the sacraments and about prayer. I found it very inspirational. I'd just like to share this with listeners. And I'm going to follow that with a piece of music that is something that I've played a few times in the programme. It's entitled... Go tell everyone. So I hope you enjoy this. Grow in our faith. I'm delighted today to welcome Father Michael Hurley. He's the parish priest of St. Martin's Parish in Talla and also Bogernabrina Parish in West County, Dublin. And today we're talking about trusting in God and how our faith and prayer can support us. Father Michael, thanks for joining us on the programme. You're very welcome. Good to be with you again, Wendy. Well, of course, Father, you've reopened your churches fully now in the last few weeks. How are the parishes adapting and how has it all been going? Well, first of all, it took a huge amount of effort on our part to even by way of preparation for the opening. And it took a huge amount of work uh, on our part and planning. And each of the churches are different. So we had to, in effect, have different groups of people involved and different plans. But thankfully, uh, there's been a great response in terms of small, but a great response of people who uh, we're prepared to do that work and planning. And people have uh, kind of stepped getting... up to the mark, which is encouraging. You know, that people really want to volunteer their time and, and to give to, to help churches reopen. Exactly, exactly. Um, in, in opening, uh, there was a great joy um, as we were again open for public worship. Uh, people just were, were delighted to be together. And I suppose once they saw the setting, they realised that, yes, it was a safe and a welcoming place. Um, it's, I find it still unreal. Um, and uh, another aspect is that it's quite unreal in that uh, we recommend very highly face masks. And uh, there's something unreal about, uh, about everyone having face masks. I, I, I find it. I find it unreal. Having said that, There is something very real uh, emerging as well. And um, I don't know whether it's because people are glad to be part of it or whether people have been thrown back on their resources, uh, back on their own selves and what they really believed on during the lockdown. 
and that their faith has come to the surface. Uh, but there's something very real. Oh, and it's kind of reawakened faith, we, yeah. Yeah, there's something. <clears throat> and last week we had um, five confirmations. Now, again, it was uh, one aspect of it was it was a bit unreal to see people social distancing and each little hub of four or five people being distant from others. But people entered into the spirit of it in a way that I hadn't um, seen before. That we've been, it's like as if we've been stripped of a lot of the, the extras and now we're, back, we're, we're tuning into the essentials and uh, we're just enjoying celebrating together. And yeah, and, and that stripping back has maybe been a positive for some people and, and simplifying things in some ways. But I, I guess, and perhaps you've seen that just in what you've been talking about, Father, but in recent months, you know, many people will have been leaning to their faith or maybe rediscovering a faith that was dormant over the last few months. But that doesn't mean that the idea of kind of trusting in God comes easily. What's your advice there for someone who's, you know, trying to get back into their faith again and they're, they're certain, certainly leaning on it, but still the trust is a very difficult thing to do. It, it is, yes, it is. And I suppose it's a, at the, the bottom line is that it's a gift. You know, prayer is a gift. Trust in God is a gift. Um, it is gift. It's a gift that God has given us. Um, it is, I suppose, a mindset. You could say it that way. I like to think of one of the psalms when the when the psalmist is saying, "Lord, in the in the secret of my heart, teach me wisdom." Uh, that there is a an expectation that God will teach us, will help us through the difficulties and through the the good aspects of life, and to give the meaning. Um, so, like there is a at the bottom bottom line is for me is that it's a gift and uh, I, I sometimes draw upon that sentence in Romans um, the spirit the spirit helps us in our weaknesses and even when we don't know how to pray or indeed know how to trust or know how to find meaning in a particular situation just so much to trust that God is helping us the spirit of God is helping us to find meaning and that he carries us through uh, just going back to the confirmation for a moment, um, for me, one of the insights that I got while during the confirmation time last week was that the Spirit of God, the gifts of God are given to us at times of weakness, uh, not times when we feel strong or in any way feeling anywhere perfect, but in times of weakness. And I'll just take one example, uh, the gift of wisdom. It's given precisely when we do not know when we, uh, what is the right thing to do, uh, what is the loving thing to do, uh, what is right from wrong, what, you know, what should I do in this particular situation? And that God has given us his gifts, particularly we see them expressed in, say, confirmation or baptism, the Eucharist, and that we can lean into knowing that that's, that, that that God is within us and that God wants to, to help and wants to reveal his wisdom to us. So it's, it's in that sense I'm saying it's a mindset, but, but God has already given us everything. So it's for us now to lean into that and to trust that, well, what has happened in my confirmation and elsewhere, it's actually true. 
I, I really like that idea, Father Michael, of just the mindset and that mindset and connecting it up to the scripture that you mentioned, you know, revealing wisdom in the secret of my heart. It, it's very, it flies in the face of kind of modern day living, you know, this fast paced world that we live in, this noisy world, this, you know, often when we're seeking wisdom, we're going to go to Google and read 20 different articles and there'll be people giving opinions on five different WhatsApp groups and all this sort of stuff. There's a lot of noise. Um, and so getting into that mindset of, of science and peace and space with God can be difficult for some people. Well, we, we can't do it on our own. Um, that's my conviction now. It, it won't happen just... Well, it can happen because God is greater than anything that we can desire. But by and large, it doesn't happen unless we provide some kind of a climate for it to happen as well. And what I mean by that is that I've been very intrigued over the last few weeks hearing a number of people speak about the impact of Scripture on them. And I'm particularly thinking of a young man, a man in his late 20s, who came with a cold, scientific, rational mind, and I believe only what I see and hear. And for some reason, he began to read the Scriptures. And his story was that he couldn't, he couldn't explain, but that the personality of Christ, a sense of... God offering him a relationship emerged just while he was reading the scriptures. So that's one help. That's, that's probably one of our greatest helps. Look, read the scriptures. Um, you're, you'll be carried through. Uh, it's God's word for us. Uh, God will be faithful to his word for us. Uh, but we need, we need support. And that's primary support for me is reading the scriptures and approaching it as here is God's word to us. And getting into that mindset like you say, Father Michael. Yeah, yeah, and if I can use kind of a secretary image of like, it does work. It does work. And that's what I hear in the stories of people who today are coming to a new new faith, if you like, a new mindset, uh, a new sense of trust. And going back to that man who spoke, he said, Instead of taking away the scientific mind, it actually gave him a new meaning, it gave science and the world around him a new meaning and a new significance. Rather than, it, it, rather than limiting him, it gave him a, a freedom and expanded his mind. And for people at the moment who are encouraged by that, you know, that's a really good starting point, you know, getting into that mindset, opening the scripture, being open to it. But for people, especially at this time, Father Michael, who are in a re- really finding themselves challenged in different ways and are really struggle- struggling during this pandemic, what words of encouragement or advice would you give to somebody who's, who's maybe hit a wall when it comes to that prayer life or creating that mindset where they're, because they're struggling, they're finding it difficult? I would be patient with themselves. Uh, be patient. Um, I, I quote another sentence that comes from the scriptures this morning to me is, though we are unfaithful, God is always faithful because he cannot deny his own self. He, he'll be just faithful to us. So it is just <clears throat> leaning into, it is just being patient with oneself and knowing that in the, in the secret uh, of one's life, God is, still remains at work. Uh, we do not know how. Perhaps uh, we prefer things to be otherwise. Uh, but at, at the same time, God is at work. God is faithful. 
and uh, have the patience of knowing that God will see us through those difficult times and difficult situations. I think probably the temptation is that maybe we feel that we are not up to the mark and we have too many difficulties and that we're not perfect enough or whatever, that we can give up. But that's precisely the moment that God wants to wants to see us through a situation. Really, really good advice today, Father Michael. Thank you so much for joining us on the programme today and for being our prayer coach today. And please, God, we will catch up with you soon. That was Father Michael Hurley, our prayer coach today. Just, I really love that idea of just trying to make the time and space and get into that mindset and be patient with yourself. Welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley and still joined by Shane Ambrose. I hope you've got some information, some useful information there about Spirit Radio. And as I said, it, 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 it's available on the radio during the week 24-7. This part of the programme is where we read and reflect on the Word of God. And today, before that, as usual, we'll ask Shane to pray this prayer for us. We always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. We may, may not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often capable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verse 13 to 21. When Jesus received the news of John the Baptist's death, he withdrew by boat to a lonely place where they could be by themselves. 
But the people heard of this, and leaving the towns, went after him on foot. So as he stepped ashore, he saw a large crowd, and he took pity on them, and healed the sick. When evening came, the disciples went to him and said, This is a lonely place, and the time has slipped by. So send the people away, and they can go to the villages to buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, There is no need for them to go. Give them something to eat yourselves. But they answered, All we have with us is five loaves and two fish. Bring them here to me, he said. He gave orders that the people were to sit down on the grass, and then he took the five loaves and the two fish, raised his eyes to heaven and said the blessing. And breaking the loaves, he handed them over to his disciples, who gave them to the crowds, and they all ate as much as they wanted. And they collected the scraps remaining, twelve baskets full. And those who ate numbered about five thousand men, to say nothing of women and children. So that's the Gospel for today, for the 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Shane, have you got a few thoughts you might want to share with us, please? Yeah, um, I don't know, John, do I have a few thoughts? We could just let it go to dead air and play some music. <laughs> On that Gospel, no. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's, it's yeah, actually like you said, it's, it, this is a, um, what's the word? Very much a familiar gospel, I suppose, and for so many people, it's an encouraging gospel. Um, for me, I don't know. I just have been struck. I have been struck over the last couple of weeks, um, just how much I think the gospel journeying through Matthew at this time has been so appropriate. Um, just in terms of of well, not necessarily the last three weeks, but before that, just in terms of where we are as a praying community, as a faith community at the moment, in terms of the difficult times that we're living through, and the message of hope that's there for us. And I suppose there, there, there's two things that struck me about this Sunday's Gospel. So the first bit that struck me was that sentence. As he stepped ashore, he saw a large crowd, and he took pity on them and healed their sick. And this was after, um, you know, he tried to be and avoid the crowd. He wanted to get away for a bit of peace and quiet. They fought, they still followed him. And he still, you know, he looked, he took pity on them and healed their sick. And I suppose for me, it's a case of, it's a reminder of to us of Jesus's care and concern for the other, no matter what. And it's a reminder to us, I suppose, that, you know, in this COVID time, you know, we, we have to remind ourselves that, we still have to be careful, you know, with everything that's going on. We're all afraid of a second surge. So the whole thing about wearing our mask, washing our hands, keeping social distance, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but also in terms of broader context, in terms of looking out for people uh, that might be finding it tough, people that are struggling financially, families that are trying to keep it all together, you know, um, just something to be conscious of, that we look with pity on each other and that we try to hold each other up. Then, of course, we come to um, the, 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 the famous multiplication of the loaves and fishes. Now, there's a couple of accounts of this in the different Gospels, none of which are quite similar. The general consensus among the biblical scholars is obviously that this was an event that happened um, in some shape or form. Just the, the kind of the exact details of it vary slightly from Gospel to Gospel is a, you know, a point to remember because the Gospels aren't necessarily history. They're not as we understand a history book. But um, I suppose one of the things I suppose that I'm always struck by this Gospel of the multiplication of the loaves and fishes is <clears throat> it reminds me so much of the 
um, the, 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 the exuberant, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The exuberant care and generosity and love of, of God for each and every one of us. And I think for me, that was the thing that came out um, this this Sunday. I, I don't know if it's a correct terminology but or if it's a correct place to use the word. But any time I t- come across this gospel, I always think of that Irish term, flahuluk. You know, you, you can describe a person being flahuluk, being kind of generous, being over generous, being exuberant. And I think for me, that's the term that, come, that comes across, that comes to mind reading this Sunday's gospel. Um, you know, two loaves, five loaves and two fish. Now, we don't know if there was actually a miracle of something produced out of nothing. We don't know that. You know, you can't, You have people that turn around and say, all it was was he got everyone to sit down together and then by doing that, everyone shared what they had. We have no idea whether or not that is the case. We don't really need to know whether or not that is the case. The point is, I suppose, that it reminds us of the love of God and the need for us to be community. You know, one of the things we have always said on this program, things we remind people of, is that you cannot call yourself a Christian and say, I go my own, I plow my own furrow when it comes to faith and spirituality. Because that is a contradiction of what it means to be a Christian. To be a Christian is to be in communion and to be in community. And and it's something, I suppose, that we have to remind ourselves again and again. Um and I suppose one of the things, the other, one of the things I suppose, John, just to just to kind of leave people with is that, you know, in terms of the generosity of God, I suppose, and how asking ourselves this Sunday, how does that how does that apply to us in our daily lives? And I suppose, you know, maybe at this time it can be hard to do it, but sometimes we need to be called up and we need to be said and reminded, count the blessings. You know, maybe sometime this week. You know, when you if you light a candle and sit down for a minute, particularly if it's raining, the weather, the forecast is not great, and you're looking you're looking out the window and you're kind of a bit depressed by it all, and you're kind of going, "Oh my God, it's only fit for ducks and the weeds." Kind of sit and ask yourself for a moment, reflecting on this Sunday's gospel, where are the blessings that God has poured out in my life? And you'll probably find, when you think about it, and if you were to start counting it up, that you have as much as you wanted. And enough to fill 12 baskets full left over of scraps. In terms of reflecting on it is where we are in our life. And maybe this week that we would focus on thanking God for those things, those blessings that we have in our lives. Be they the people that we encounter, the friends that we have, the family that we share, the food on our table. Or thinking about despite everything that we have, despite everything that's going on in the world, Look at we are still able to get up and get out. As uh, I, I meet my uncle every week, and I suppose I, you know, he's in a retirement home, and I, I say to him, "How are you doing?" And sometimes one of the responses he gives to me is, "I'm sure I'm still above ground." Mm. There's a lot to be said for it. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for it. Shane, thank you for those few words. I let those few words. I suppose the only thought I've got there now, just as we finish this program, you know, is now now that we're returning to mass, just just feeding in again to what Shane just said, uh, we can really be thankful for so many things. But one of the things I'd be thankful for myself, and I think we we should all maybe think about it, <clears throat> is to be able to return to mass and to be fed by God's word and body. So we get we receive uh, Jesus in Holy Communion, but also re- been able to receive the word. 
at Mass every Sunday. And I think that's so important for us to take with that and, and to take with us and to be thankful for that because lots of people don't have that opportunity. But the last thing I'd say is I was reminded that during the week for some reason when I was just reading this about the the, 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 the parting words of the priest as we leave Mass every Sunday. And he says sometimes, he says something like, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And maybe to help us to reflect on that for this week, that there's a, a little prayer that... I know Father Joe Cusson mentioned it um, during Mass, every Mass he has, but I think it's a beautiful prayer. I might leave this with listeners this morning. Lord Jesus, I give you my hands to do your work. I give you my feet to go your way. I give you my eyes to see as you do. I give you my ears to hear you. I give you my tongue to speak your words. I give you my mind that you might pray in me. And above all, I give you my heart that through me, you may love your Father and all mankind. So with that, myself for myself and Shane, thank you very much Nate, for joining us this morning. Um, we hope you enjoyed the programme, especially those who are lonely and maybe listen to this at 11pm of a Sunday night. Uh, thank you again for your prayers and we will remember you in our prayers. So as we leave the programme this morning, I'm going to play a piece of music that I've played before. Uh, I, I like it. It's by Karina May and it's entitled Five Little Loaves and Two Fish. So for myself and Shane, until next week, enjoy the, the week as much as you can, despite the fact of the, 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 about the weather forecast. But we can always look out the window and thank God for, what, for being able to look out the window and see what we can out the window. So until, until next week, for myself and Shane, God bless you all now. Bye. Bye. Was on his way to school He heard a crowd of people laughing And he went to take a look Thousands were listening To the stories of one man He spoke with such wisdom Even the kids could understand The hours passed so quickly the day turned into night Everyone was hungry But there was no food in sight The boy looked in his lunchbox At the little that he had He wasn't sure what good it do of a child.